0: Welcome to the Faith Assembly podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Well, I want to I wanna just speak to you a word of encouragement today. I want to encourage your heart because I know that it is a very discouraging world in which we live. It is a Uh, It's easy to become troubled, so it's, it's always in order. It's always the right time to share a word of exhortation to lift people up and to bring them to a place of refocusing their thoughts and their minds and their hearts towards the truth of God's word. And I want to do that very thing here this morning because I realize that, you know, we have all manner of traps that are set before us. We we know from Scripture that the enemy seeks to ensnare us and thereby to enslave us and to bind us. And you know it's it's one of those places where we know that the traps are there, but there are certain traps into which we readily fall. One of the traps into which we are most vulnerable is the trap of negativity. When things don't go our way, it's easy to become negative. When things are kind of on an even keel for us but they're going very well for other people, it's easy for us to become negative. When things are going good for us and everyone else, it's easy for us to become negative. It's just, it's a trap that we step into over and over and over again. And if we're not careful, the devil can jump on us and strap a lens across our eyes. And everything that we see can look like gloom and defeat. And, and we, we become the glass half empty kind of person very pessimistic very uncertain about the future and we we don't we if we guard our vocabulary and we pay attention to the things we're saying we'll find that we've begun to say things that are not very faith-filled words but they're very uh very much discouraging words that are coming out of our mouths they're they're words that that don't underscore god's promise and god's plan and god's purpose for our lives and it seems like no matter how hard we look All we can see is the bad in everything or at least the potential for it I want to help you overcome the threat of negativity in your life and I want to offer you some tools or some choice weaponry today to help you combat and battle against negativity in your life as a matter of fact I want to share with you some life lessons for combating negativity i want to share with you some life lessons for combating negativity and first the first of those lessons is this is that optimism is a choice positivity is a choice look at look at somebody right now and say you have a choice you have a choice. There, are, there may be things right now that are ruling in your mind and in your heart that are discouraging you, that are bringing uh, thoughts of disparity against you. And I'm, I'm, I just want to set the record straight right here, right now, that there is the power of choice available to you right now to change that. If you came in today disheartened and discouraged and sad and and frustrated, not there is a there is the opportunity of choice available to you right now to change that to flip the script on the adversary. You know the the enemy's written a plan about your life too. And he wants to rob you, he wants to kill you, to destroy you. And and you have the power to flip the script To turn that on him and I want to tell you today. I'm gonna say it one more time Optimism is a choice They say that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% what you do with what you've been given Some people want to blame life circumstances for their dysfunction and they say well I wouldn't be this way if this thing hadn't happened to me, you know life But but here's the thing life is not as much about your opportunity as it is about what you did with it Some of the greatest stories ever recounted among men have some of the most despairing and meager beginnings No opportunities were there, but it's not about the opportunity that was had. It's about what was done with the opportunity at hand. People in bad situations who said, I can do better than my circumstances suggest. I can be better than my upbringing suggests. I can can be a better person than my opportunity would suggest that I should be because i'm going to choose not to let the things that happen to me get me down you know the the flip side of that is that conversely some of life's saddest and most tragic stories begin with the greatest of all beginnings the greatest opportunity Somebody who had every educational advantage somebody who had wealth and affluence and yet because they squandered it because they Wasted the opportunity that they had we have some of the most tragic stories of mankind that we have available to us Because optimism is a choice and I want to tell you today if you please Well, I was gonna say don't be offended. Please don't be offended Okay Most people have a negative attitude by choice. Most people have a negative attitude by choice. A a number of things that you and I deal with in life also bring with it the opportunity or the occasion for choice. We can choose in those moments by deliberate action of your will. You can decide when you face things in this life if you're going to be positive or if you're going to be negative. You have that choice. You have that choice. There are many things in this life that God has given us the free will and the power to decide for ourselves and our attitude is one of those things. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says this This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life that you and your children may live. Can I tell you today, whatever you're facing today, whatever you're facing right now, whatever you're going to face next week as you're going in, maybe you're already thinking about next week with a great deal of angst and a great deal of uh, trepidation about it because you're thinking about some situations that you're going to be walking back into next week. Can I tell you that life and death is in the power of your choice? How you purpose that you're going to approach those situations is going to make the difference between life and death. Opportunity or despair? It's up to you, it's in your hand. As a matter of fact, Joshua 24 15 says this, but if you if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve Whether the gods of your ancestors, the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord It's, It's all through scripture that you and I have available to us the power to choose Choose life Tomorrow when you face that hardship you can choose life and you can speak life and you can declare the goodness of God or you can choose defeat and discouragement and you can live in that and you can walk in that and you can wallow in that and you can be bound up in that if you want to. Or you can stand there and look at that situation and say, I don't know if God's going to deliver me or not, but I'm not going to bow to the situation. And you will find that when you enter the fire of your adversity, that there'll be somebody else who's in the fire with you and you'll come out on the other side of the fire with your bonds loose and you won't even smell like the stench of your adversity that you just came through. Because in life, when you face situations and circumstances, you can choose to be bitter or you can choose to be better. And it's up to you. You can choose to wallow in your defeat or you can choose to walk in the victory that has been afforded you through Christ Jesus. Now, don't misunderstand me. Will there be disappointments along the way? Absolutely, there will be disappointments along the way. Will there be, you know, will you have hurt in your life? Absolutely you will have hurt in your life. Will you face trial and will you face, yes, you'll face those things. But it's not in the, just, I mean, here, let's just get over it, okay? We're going to face those things. Here, Here, here's a good life lesson for you. This wasn't even in my notes. This one's absolutely free. Okay. life lesson number one life is not fair that doesn't set well with the politically correct crowd I understand that but life is not fair life doesn't come with participation trophies it's just it's not it's not fair it's not always life is not even always equitable But it is what it is and the one you have is the only one you've got And it's the only one that you're gonna get on this side of eternity and the choice is up to you Will you glory in the life that you've been given and the God that you serve? Or will you allow yourself to live drained and defeated and discouraged all the time and the choice is yours And I don't know about you, but for me, the main question for me today regarding being a victorious person instead of being a negative and discouraged person is not what has happened to me, but how will I choose to respond to what has happened? And I choose to believe God's promises for my life. I choose blessing and not cursing. I choose joy and not despair. I choose to believe the good report and not the bad. I don't deny the reality with which I'm faced but I make a conscious decision to believe that God is still on the throne and everything is still okay amen God is still on the throne life lesson number two is that you can't run victoriously running on empty You can't run victoriously running on empty I'm I'm going to use an antiquated term and it's a daunting term in this generation And the term is devotion Devotion. Devotion is a setting apart of yourself unto something. Devoting yourself to something. And and, and we we use the term loosely in Christianity. We, We talk about having our devotions or our devotional time. And for many of us what devotions has been reduced to is a check mark on our to-do list it's it's a time that we spend by compulsion it's a it's a reading that's on a chart it's it's something of that nature that we've got to get done so that we can move on with the rest of our day that's something but it's not devotion It's good. It's a good thing. It's better than nothing because you might even catch something accidentally that way. But devotion is a a consecrating, it's a setting yourself apart for the purpose of having God speak into your life and to fill you with a resource and a supply that is not of you. It is, it is setting aside some time to be informed by the Spirit of God. To be reminded of the truth. And if, you're, if you and I are going to remain positive in this life and win out over negativity, then we're going to have to spend more time meditating on things like the truth of God's character. Just like we sang about this morning. He is Jira, More than enough. More than I can ask, think, or imagine. He is enough. More than enough. If he clothes the, the grass of the field that is today and tomorrow's cut down and thrown into the furnace, how much more? If he feeds the sparrows that, you know, they can just, they fly and they don't, they don't toil or spin. They don't sow or reap or none of these things. God takes care of them. If, if God takes care of those sparrows, how much more? Is he going to take care of me? Inflation, who? (laughs) Famine, what? Will we face adversity like every... Yes, we will. But we will go through the fire of adversity with Jehovah Jireh, our provider, walking with us. Come on, somebody. Come on. Praise the Lord. And, and 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 we've got to be filled with that notion that God is patient, that God is faithful, that God is loving, that God is compassionate. And the only way we arrive at that conclusion is not because we sit around contemplating the cosmos or thinking about the situations that we're facing in this life, but it's because we set ourselves apart unto the truth of his word and we get into this spirit-inspired revelation Of God himself to us And we learn about him And we learn about who he is And he becomes more than just a song on the screen Or a lyric that we sing But he becomes real in our hearts And our being is filled with the goodness of who he is And we're we're familiarized then with the promises of God over our lives that we are not forsaken that we are not forgotten that we are loved and favored by him and he's gonna meet our every need we're reminded of the power of God in our lives that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength that we are victorious and you know when when we get into this word an interesting thing starts to happen You can ask my wife, what is my favorite scripture? (laughs) She's glad you ask. It's Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the way of the sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, does he meditate day and night? He didn't put it on a checklist. He didn't skim through it a little bit for 10 or 15 minutes in the morning. That's good. Don't don't get me wrong. That's good. That's good. If that's what you got, give it but when you get up and walk away from that place you don't enter into the carnality of the world if 15 minutes is all you got then take that 15 minutes but take that 15 minutes with you through the rest of the day and meditate on that word and rehearse that word and rehearse that truth and rehearse that promise over and over and over and over until it begins to change what's on the inside of you. And you know what happens when you're busy meditating on the word of the Lord is that you'll find that you are so busy meditating on the truth of God's word that you don't have time to rehearse all of your doubts and fears. You don't have time to rehearse all of the all of the wrongs and all of the hurts. And you know many people and neglect their devotional life. And that's a sad thing. Because the truth of the matter is we, we live in an age where we have more availability than ever before. And and I believe there's never been a time when so many who claim the name of Christ access what's available to them so little. I mean, Faith Assembly Church, you can be here, you can be there, you can be everywhere. And you can hear this word today You can hear it right now. You can hear it a little later this evening. You can listen to it tomorrow It's in the house. It's on the Facebook. It's on the YouTube. It's it's on the podcast. It's all over the place You got Bible apps on your phone you've got all this availability access it Access it get into it devote yourself to it because you see a lack of prayer and Bible reading brings defeat and I'm, I'm not I'm not here to beat you up today don't this is not a legalistic message to say to you that if you're not spending an hour a day bless God in prayer and you're not reading 15 chapters a day glory to God no 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 it's, it's not that kind of word I'm I'm not here to beat you up today and tell you that you can't or you won't be a good Christian if you don't pray and read your Bible regularly. But what I am here to say is that you won't be a victorious Christian if you don't. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a Christian in name only. Paul said, "I I want to know him. Not just about him, not just to be able to recite him, but I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Whatever I've got to forfeit in this life, whatever I've got to let go of that I can get closer to him, that I would know him in the power of his resurrection. Then that's how I want to know him. And many people are defeated and they live in in negativity because they don't know who they are in Christ Jesus nor nothing of their inheritance that they have in him. They are not well acquainted with the promise. They're unplugged from the power and they're unfamiliar with the provider. Many, Many people have come to live reliant on their own power. On their own power alone. And, and when I believe, when I come to a place of believing that I alone am the source and the strength to get me through the struggles of life, it's easy for me to adopt a very pessimistic outlook. When, when I believe that I'm the one who must provide for those bills on my desk, I can get really discouraged really quick. When I believe that I'm the only one who's going to be able to protect my children, I can become very anxious very fast. When I begin to think that the one who's supplying my needs is that company that may or may not be on the ropes, that may or may not close down any day, then I can become very discouraged and very fearful and very negative. But the psalmist said, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Some trust in horses and some in chariots. But we will trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen? I I don't have to worry about that job because I know that God is my provider. I don't have to worry about those kids because I know that God is my protector. And you must know who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you and the victory that is afforded you through him to be able to walk in peace and affirmation. You've got to know it. You've got to know it and and having heard about it somewhere by the way is not enough You have to have an active devotional life There is a great and powerful tendency inherent to human nature and It is the tendency to revert It's the tendency to revert. Here, let's try this. How many of you get up before 5 a.m.? Mhm. How many of you get up before 4 a.m.? You psychopaths. What? What in the world? All right. To the rest of you, if I were to tell you today, how, how many of you get up like 7 a.m.? Just somewhere in that neighborhood. Okay. Eight? Well, this thing's all over the place. This is not going as good as I thought it might. But, but let's say that, that I don't even know what to say to you all that get up before 4 a.m. I Honestly, I, I thought 4 a.m. was a myth until just now. And I have friends that have seen it. So, But here, here's what I want to ask you. Let, let's just suppose for a minute that you're accustomed to getting up at 6 a.m. And I said, you know what, Lee? For the next, for the next 60 days, I want to challenge you to get up at 4 a.m. miss it one day and you'll find out how easy it is to revert back to the old pattern you'll 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 back up you'll you'll miss it that one day by 15 minutes you'll miss it the next by 30 you'll miss it the next by an hour and before you know it a week later you'll just be getting up the same old time that you always were and you won't have thought about that other thing another time okay so, so here's where this life of discipleship and daily devotion becomes so essential. Is because your carnal mind, your unregenerative thoughts, your, your natural thought processes, the word says, are at enmity against God. Okay? And if you don't condition that thought every day with the truth of God's Word, it reverts. You may have been to Sunday school all your life. You may have attended every church service. You may be able to quote Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse after Bible verse. After Bible verse. <sighs> But if you don't renew your mind daily, the thought reverts to carnality and carnality is at enmity against God Almighty. You don't think his thoughts anymore. You may know his word, but you don't think his thoughts anymore. You revert to carnality. Your thoughts are to when you find yourself sitting at a stoplight saying hateful things about people around you just because they've delayed you for three seconds. I promise you that is the fruit of your carnality. When you're easily agitated and irritated over every that is the fruit of carnality. Because the fruit of the Spirit is peace and joy, long-suffering, you know, patience, all that stuff. And that comes out of a mind that has been renewed. The mind that's governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. I've got to hurry up. And we need to have our minds renewed. That's why Paul wrote to the Roman church and he said, I, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing unto God. This is your true and proper worship. And don't conform to the pattern of this world. In other words, don't just, don't just let carnality rule your life but change it and how do we change it we change it by the renewing of our minds and we renew our minds by getting in this word and subjecting the carnality to things of the spirit and allowing the spirit of God to inform the natural man I heard a man say this week our minds like to be on top but sometimes we need to position ourselves so that our minds are subject to the spirit We need to get in the Word. We need to pray in the Spirit. And and we need to have our minds transformed by the power of the Word. Luke 18, Jesus is getting ready to share a parable with his disciples. And it says, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Be faithful in your devotions always pray always meditate on the truth of the word keep praying and keep believing and win over negativity in your life okay number three if you want to be a positive person don't ride the tide don't ride the tide so what does that mean pastor it means that life is seasonal Life is seasonal. There are seasons of abundance. There are seasons of testing. There are seasons spent on the mountaintop and there are seasons spent in the valley. And we can't ride the tide back and forth, up and down, in and out of seasons. We've got to remain constant and know that the anchor of our hope is in Christ Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. He's the same in the season of good time and blessing that He is in the season of distress and testing. He's the same all the time. There are seasons. In which you can see the hand of God moving all around you. And there are seasons that you simply have to trust God's heart. But Jesus is the same in all of those times. And while life is seasonal. Our faith has to remain constant. If you're going to overcome the negative voices of the enemy, the faith that you have standing on the mountaintop will have to be the same faith you have when you're contending in the valley. When God shows you something in seasons of blessing, don't let go of it during the seasons of testing. When God shows you something in the light, don't doubt it in the darkness of night. Jude wrote to the church and he said beloved I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation And I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith Which was once for all delivered to the saints Jude says, I felt a compulsion to urge the church to contend for the faith. And I want to tell you today, church, in this generation, in this moment right now, in this hour, I feel an urgency to compel someone to contend for the faith. I feel an urgency right now for someone who's, who's. it seems like the adversary is coming in like a flood and your thoughts and your mind are being overwhelmed right now with negative thoughts and with anxiety and with fear about things that are on the horizon. I feel an urgency to compel someone to contend for the faith. Don't, don't come in here on Sunday and, and claim your word and walk out of those doors and surrender it to the devil the first time that opposition comes. If God has shown you something in the Spirit, don't give up on it the first time that physical evidences point to the fact that it may not be accomplished yet. Be the same person of faith in the hard times that you are in the good times. Speak faith. Speak faith speak life speak victory consistently diligently emphatically affirmatively speak in agreement with the one who calls things that are not as though they are and finally if you're going to be victorious over negativity you're going to have to trust god's direction Many depend on their own power and wisdom instead of asking for and depending on God's strength and wisdom. And in doing so, we tend to get bound up in negativity when things don't go according to our plans. Probably one of the most daunting phrases in all of humanity is, well, that didn't go as planned. You know, we, we tend to get bound up in negativity when things don't go according to our plan. <laughs> and sometimes we, we want to take our plan to God, not for Him to order us, but for us to order Him. And say, you know, God, I've got this thing all figured out. And if you would just move this palm this way, and this piece that way, and this piece over here this way, then I think everything would just fall into place. And God has something entirely different in mind. Because too often, God's not just simply trying to appease us, but he's trying to grow us and develop us and mature us. And sometimes we have to be led in directions that we don't always understand and through things that we don't always like. Sometimes the reality is that we've never even considered God's desires amid our planning other times it may be that God in his great mercy has kept us from something that we didn't need to begin with and we just get discouraged and complain about it rather than receive his direction for our lives the psalmist said however that the Lord directs the step of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives Psalm 32 verse 8, the psalmist says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go and I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Can I just encourage somebody this morning? Whatever you're going through right now, whatever valley that you're walking through in this moment, God's loving eye is on you. He sees you. You are not forgotten. You are not forgotten and moreover, you are not Forsaken, believe that God is directing you and that you win when you follow His leading. So in all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. So here's the lesson summary if you want to stand. Number one, don't give place. To the devil in your thought life don't give place to the devil in your thoughts Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly stands in the path of the sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the lord and in that law he doesn't rehearse the lies of the adversary over and over and over but the law of the Lord is his delight and in that law does he meditate day and night day and night some of you just simply need to rehearse the mantra tomorrow when you get to the workplace and just over and over and over in your spirit say I am a child of God I I was a stranger and a foreigner but now I am a member of the household of God a citizen of a heavenly kingdom this world is not my home I'm simply passing through I'm a sojourner of faith and with the help and the strength of Almighty God I'm gonna make it through (laughs) don't give place to the devil in your thoughts number two the psalmist said it let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to God listen you're gonna become what you meditate on and if you meditate on negativity and you meditate on the hurt then you're gonna become negative and hurt but if you meditate on faith and you meditate on hopefulness and you meditate on the promises of God then you're gonna be victorious you're gonna be victorious in Christ Jesus I sense in my spirit I I sense in my spirit some things breaking right now in this place every every head bowed and every eye closed and just worship the Lord just begin to worship the Lord right now just lift your hands to the Lord some of you that have been going through some some terrible trial in your life just go ahead and begin to worship the Lord right now and just just receive his promise into your life and allow that renewal to begin to take place in your spirit that those natural carnal thoughts would begin to be dismissed and be replaced with the truth of his promise towards you. Father, we come to you right now in the strong name of Jesus. Lord, we bring every thought captive to the cross. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of who you are, and what you've done for us we bring it captive right now lord we surrender it to you oh god lord we lift negative patterns of thought negative patterns of speech god we lift them up to you right now and we pray the correction of the holy spirit right now just begin to take over and address those things in our lives we surrender holy spirit we invite you to inform our carnality. We invite you to address these tendencies in our lives. And we give you the glory in Jesus name. Very simply, as our team sings this chorus, I believe they're getting ready to sing again about our great provider our great God and if you're here today and you have anxious thoughts and you've, you've just been facing a lot of negativity lately and, and Lord knows there's enough of it to go around and you just want to give those to the Lord this morning and leave this place with a renewed perspective and a different thought pattern and a different thought process I want to invite you just to step out from where you are and this could involve all of us very easily and just gather around this altar and just begin to lift worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and just declare that promise, Lord you are enough. I rest in you and I know whom I have believed in and I am persuaded that you're able to keep what I've committed to you until the day of Christ Jesus.